Hi, I'm Darren Wright. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. Welcome back to Disciple Making. I'm Tim Beadle with my friend Darren Ride. In our last podcast, Darren, we actually projected uh, New Year's resolutions for disciple making in the year 2022. And, and we went through uh, six or seven. And, and the last one really caught my attention that we're actually going to build on today. Uh, you said a resolution, at least in your life, and I would say in mine as well, is to always be open and eager and hungry and thirsty to learn more things about what it means to be a disciple maker. You, you sort of said, even though you've pastored for 30 years, you, you sort of feel like you're a second year Bible college student, <laughs> just breaking new ground. So you've said you've stumbled across a new resource that um, you wanted to share uh, with our audience today. And I'll, I'll chip in along the way, but uh, why don't you take it from here and, and uh, share with us a new learning, a new resource that, that you've been immersed in. Oh, excellent. Thanks so much, Tim. Yeah, it's, you know, the, the past year, I've I've cast a wide net in terms of learning and education. I've I subscribed to a, probably half a dozen disciple making kind of podcasts, and you know, I've read some books and and some things. But one of the most significant things I did was jump into something called the Disciple Making Incubator with Caesar Kalinowski, Everyday Disciple, and I'm I'm pretty much a year into that. Uh, and some of the most recent training really crystallize some things for me in terms of my own growth as a disciple maker and what I'm actually calling people into. And so, you know, Caesar lays out these five stages that uh, I think as people understand them, it'll give some tracks to run on in growing as a disciple maker and inviting others to join them. That's really what I'd like to share today. Good. So uh, for our listeners, get your pen and paper. Uh, because as uh, Darren was sharing these uh, before we went on air, I could see exactly how there's great wealth in in not only listening to this, but uh, really working through this in terms of what we may or may not be doing at this point related to making disciples and make disciples. So, so start us off there, uh, Darren. Sure. Well, well, the first step in 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 bringing someone along in a disciple making uh, lifestyle is to expose them to the idea you know, to basically communicate the idea that the Christian life is not about going to church, which is a, you know, we know theologically is not a great phrase. It's not about a Sunday event or even other events. It is about an integrated lifestyle of following Jesus, of making disciples. And that's really what the Christian life is about. And so people need to hear that idea. And, you know, it's possible to have gone to church for a long time without actually hearing that idea because we're so facility-centric and church-centric. So the first step is really exposure to the idea of disciple-making as a lifestyle. Yeah, I think a lot of people, when they think about uh, a lifestyle, they think about, obviously, the gathering on Sunday. And then, basically, most churches are still uh, programmatic, uh, which I believe is problematic (laughs) in terms of uh, stealing from people uh, the realization that it isn't events you attend, but it's more the experience of being found in Christ. So, so uh, exposing them. Okay, that, that that that's good. Yeah. So that just breaks the ice then, and then well, the next next step obviously is that people hear ideas and they tend to filter them, <laughs> and yeah. some people reject those ideas. But by the grace of God, hopefully, someone will embrace the idea that regardless of how I've been living my Christian life, 
And that's hard to admit that maybe there's more to it, that I actually embrace the idea that the Christian life is more than Sunday morning. It's more than a weekend event, that it's supposed to be a lifestyle that's more about taking in information and taking sermon notes. It's more, you know, it's, it's a seven day a week, 168 hour a week deal. And we actually embrace that idea. Now we're still talking on the conceptual level here. Nothing's changed in what I'm doing, but I've now, I've been exposed to the idea. I embrace the idea and that in itself is a big change because changing our mind is hard, isn't it? Yeah, well, you know, Romans 12 says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold, but mm. be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And uh, I know uh, whenever I am uh, confronted with something new or something that's outside my comfort zone, uh, it seems inherently that I become defensive and try to justify <laughs> That I'm okay as I am. I, I don't need anything new, even though the world is changing and we're always embracing uh, newness. But but I think the understanding here is that um, conceptually understanding uh, something that may be outside of our comfort zone mm. um, is we can't put our head in the sand. Mm. Uh, the world is changing, and if we aren't changing with the world, uh, we'll, we'll we'll be left behind. And, and therefore, uh, a lot of other people, they don't actually think through things because we just go along with the crowd of what we've always done. And I know uh, my, my uh, experience in disciple making over the last few years, I'm a bit of an outlier. <laughs> mm. um, basically, I, I'm beating a drum and it isn't resounding with a lot of people. Uh, I challenge people uh, who start engaging me in talking about disciple making and said, could you start using the term disciple-making as often as you use the word discipleship? <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's just a bit of a conceptual shift mm -hmm. to get them to think outside because for most people, they can't really give you a definition of discipleship. It's just everything we do at church to help us become like Jesus, which is true. But uh, when you start adding a new concept of disciple-making, uh, it causes them to stop and think. And you probably have to get them to stop and think several times before it even takes root. And so, yeah, I, I, I like that one as well, Darren. Yeah, no, you're so true. I mean, we, we can so easily baptize everything we do under the umbrella of discipleship and assume that if we're doing discipleship, we're making disciples. But you and I both know there's a lot of, quote, discipleship that doesn't produce disciples. No. And so the, the terminology is important. And so, I mean, that's probably part of the exposure. Stage one, exposing people to the idea. Stage two, people actually embrace the idea that the Christian life is about being disciples to make disciples. And then the big leap, Tim, is to this third stage, which is engaging. Yeah. And that's where people actually start to live out the idea of being disciples to make disciples, where they, they, they start to do not just a mind change, but the lifestyle change, where they, they reorientate their plans, their priorities. And one of the reasons I think this is so hard, Tim, is that one of my convictions is we have, in a way, trained people in the church not to act on truth mm. because we're pumping so much truth at them. There is no blinking way uh, <laughs> that they can ever apply it all. That's right. You know, like you, you, you can't, you know, one simple biblical truth that, you know, Romans 12, one and two off your body, living sacrifice. Yeah. Well, that took me in my personal life three months yep, exactly. to, apply, to apply that when I finally decide to apply it. And, and so there's this huge volume of content and no accountability 
And so people are are used to not applying things. And so to get someone to engage and start to change their life and do things differently for the sake of being a disciple who makes disciples, that's a huge, significant step. Yeah, as you're unpacking that point, uh, Darren, uh, two words sort of came to mind. The first one is information. Uh, As you said, we just get boatloads and boatloads. And even in my own preaching style, you know, rather than give three points, it's better to give one point and maybe look at it three different ways to unpack less information. Uh, but information, which would be the traditional probably, uh, process of disseminating the gospel and uh, educating people as to biblical truth, needs to be either replaced or at least enhanced by a commitment to imitation. So mm. from information to imitation, because imitation means that you're living uh, a lifestyle uh, following, not not cognitively in your head, uh, but you're actually acting out on it. And so uh, when you talk about that, I, I thought about uh, what would it take for people to, in, in the culture of their posture towards Jesus, shift from one foot to the other in moving from informational-based to imitational-based? Because... As you know, you know, Ephesians 5, as God's dearly loved children, we have to become imitators of, of, of Jesus, of God. Yeah, and that's such, a, that's such a clear, simple call to imitate Jesus. And it relates obviously very directly to disciple making. Yeah. But I think in our teaching as, you know, as, as, as pastors and teachers, we're, we're pretty good at doing the what, teaching people what, what, what. We're not so good at the how. The how and yeah. so, so, and we need to move, as I've said this, probably even on this podcast, we need to move from being teachers to trainers. Yeah. You know, that's that's Ephesians 4, equipping the saints, move from teaching to training. And that calls us again as leaders to change. And that's part of this engaging that we as leaders need to decide we're actually going to equip people, not just pump information. And I wonder over the years, if we looked at our own lives, uh, we've probably had a massive amount of teaching from good teachers. But uh, the ones that really come to mind are the ones who went beyond teaching to actually practically training. Mm -hmm. And I think of a few that um, made a sacrifice of time into my life to make sure that they weren't just backing up the truck of information and downloading it into my hard drive, as it were. Uh, But they came alongside either as a mentor, as a friend, Mm -hmm. uh, but as a trainer, that's what they were really doing. They were actually discipling me. (laughs) And we didn't call it that at that time. But um, uh, there's a real important nuance there between just teaching people and training them. Uh, And that would reflect the the strategy of Jesus in calling the disciples unto himself and then training them, sending them out, coming back, having a debrief. And then the ultimate send out of the Great Commission, uh, you know, they were ready. I don't think Jesus would have commissioned them if they weren't ready because they had been trained accordingly. Jesus said in John 17, 4, Father, I've completed all the work. I brought you glory on earth by completing all the work you gave me to do. And he hadn't died yet, so there must be a different work here. And the work was he had equipped and trained his disciples to carry the torch, as it were, to be lamplighters in the world for what it meant to be disciples of Jesus. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you recall, maybe back in the day, the old internship conferences where they taught us how to train interns how to do things, and they used this model Tell, show, do, do, yeah. feel, evaluate. Yeah, you know, they just hammered that into our heads where you tell the person what you want them to do, then you show them, yeah. and then you 
then you get them to do it in a role play, then you do it for real. And then they evaluate. And that's really not a bad model. I think we often just get locked down into the telling, but as you said, it's got to be imitative as well. Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's the third one. Uh, What's number four? Well, number four naturally arises from three. So if you are engaged and I can share this from personal testimony, even recently, you quickly learn what you don't know. (laughs) You quickly see that there's gaps. You know, I've, Again, over the decades, I've figured out how to do church in a certain kind of way and be a pastor in a certain kind of way. But now that I'm moving into a disciple-making on-mission lifestyle, I'm realizing there's things I don't know how to do. Yeah. You know, whether it's on an evangelism level, whether it's on a on a calling people out of, you know, that that listening versus acting model of Christianity into disciple making, I just don't know how to do it. And I need to keep learning. And so stage four is equipping. That as you engage, you realize you've got gaps and you need to get equipped and, and, and make sure that you're ongoing in a training kind of way. And you, that's how you kind of, you open this episode. And again, the beauty is there's so much equipping out there. There's so much training out there right now that we, I mean, honestly, I have no excuse, but it does take time because there's changing of mind and yep. changing of habits that needs to happen. But as you're engaged, you you just feel the need to be equipped. And I think if we can get people in that cycle of being engaged and they being trained for what they don't know, I think at that point, they'll probably get hooked on disciple making, living a disciple making lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. When you started talking about this, uh, the equipping, I just think about uh, my, my own life. Uh, as you say, you, you sort of learn quickly in ministry, what you don't know. Uh, but throughout the years, it's become uh, more obvious to me that sometimes I don't know what I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I have to, rather than give all the answers, because as pastors and leaders, we're always the answer people. People come to us for the answers, and sometimes we uh, stroke our, our pride at just always having the answer. Uh, but that causes us to sometimes short-circuit our uh, desire and our need, our desperate need, to actually ask questions more than we just give answers. Maybe that's why Jesus was the the, the master questioner, uh, because he wanted to always get people thinking. And uh, for me, I, I'm still writing down lists. I've got little journals of lists and things that have just been thoughts. But oh, I need to learn more about this. I, where, where can I unpack this? And, and, uh, and then it becomes a matter of priority and time. Uh, mm-hmm. Because usually we're, we're far too busy as, as it is. But um, yeah, I, I like the feel of that one that... Uh, well, Ephesians 4 says, you know, our job is to equip the saints for, for the works of ministry. And and um, I think sometimes we get people to do one-offs. We train them for a task, not for a lifestyle. And, um, and uh, yeah, uh, kudos for that one. That's good. Well, that's good. You know, I, we've tried really hard in our current situation not to present ourselves as the answer people. In fact, we're very upfront as I was reworking our website saying we're trying to figure out. Yeah how to be disciples and make disciples in this time and place. So it's really a a statement of intention, a statement of trajectory that that's the direction we're going. We don't have all the answers, Yep. but we, but we know that in partnering with Jesus, (laughs) Hey, he he has the answers and it's really about hearing from him, responding, responding to him. And so the fifth stage, Tim, we've, we've got people exposed to the idea. They embrace the idea conceptually. They engage, they start to take action on living a lifestyle, disciple making, that causes them to need to be equipped. And then in the process of doing that, you move to the next stage, which expand 
where really the, the phrase we often use is multiply, where, where we are disciples who are actually making disciples, where if it's a larger ministry, there are groups of disciple makers making groups of disciple makers, different locations, different groups of people. And, you know, and that's really the goal. It's not like I make a disciple, period. We want to make a disciple who makes disciples. Yeah, and that's, that's really, you know, that's a high bar. It really is a high bar. And I feel the, you know, again, what I don't know between where I'm at, where I am and where that is, I see a gap so many times, but that is really what we're called to be and do. And when we're at the expansion multiplication stage, I think that's when we're really imitating Jesus. Yeah. And so what jumped off the page when you're talking about expansion and multiplication is that of the five stages, we, we don't get to multiplication until stage five. There's a whole lot of work mm. and a whole lot of activity by the Holy Spirit working in our lives uh, before we get to that point. Um, I guess my one question is, I guess these five may be sequential, but they seem to concur that they'll that they're ongoing at different levels. It, it's like it's a juggler with five balls in his or her hand. And um, if you've watched any juggler, they only have each ball in their hand for a very short period of time but they recognize each ball for what it is, as it were, take care to make sure they handle the ball properly before they loft it back up in the air. Mm-hmm. And so uh, as, as you were telling me these things, it sort of reminded me of that a word picture is that um, you can't do one and then just go to the next and then go to the next because the Lord might be sending you others to start at number one again during the mm-hmm. process. So, um, but, but having these tracks to run on, uh, this really brings clarity, more focus for me personally in this year as well, uh, in terms of just understanding uh, what we are trying to expose people to without having all the answers, but inviting them along on the journey. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. And I think, you know, certainly this is the path we call people into. I think for, for an individual, you get exposed, you know, and that's a check. You've been exposed. You embrace it conceptually, check. You've done that. But then once you're in the engage, equip, and expand, I can see a cycling happening there in an ongoing. Yeah. Like I would say I'm straddling stage three, four, and five right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'm engaging and learning what that means. I'm learning what I don't know, so I'm getting equipped. At the same time, I'm trying to be, do that in a multiplicative way where it's not just about me. It's about a, another group of people. And so I can see myself living in those stages forever, really. Yeah, yeah. And all the time just being... Uh, aware that the Lord's lofting you another ball of your responsibility to expose a new person. And obviously when you expose someone, uh, you're doing all the work. They're, they're, they're just being exposed to, to where you're coming from. Uh, but then it becomes more personal uh, where they actually have to embrace it. Uh, and then once they embrace it, I think that's where the roots go down and there might be hope for life change. Uh, but there's a lot of people who probably just cycle between being exposed to something and contemplating conceptually what it would mean to embrace, but they never engage uh, mm-hmm. because it's safer to go back to the good old days, as it were. So, yeah. uh, so, so th- th- there's a lot more we could say about this, but um, I-, I think you've uh, laid this out really practically uh, with passion and uh, it'd be kind of good maybe in a few months from now to, to revisit this and to see where we're at in this uh, five-stage cycle of really uh, putting some legs to disciple-making and seeing fruit uh, for our labors. Yeah, no, it's a great framework. And again, I just want to emphasize, this is from Cesar Kalinowski, Everyday Disciple. This little framework has been so helpful to me. 
It's clarified my tracks for the year ahead. It's clarified some things with the group I'm working with, with my ministry. And I just encourage people to evaluate themselves. What stage are you at? Have you actually, if you're listening to this podcast, you've been exposed to the ideas. Have you embraced it? And are you starting to engage in being a disciple who makes disciples? We're on that trajectory. We're start trying to live it out. We don't have all the answers, uh, but we certainly are discovering as we go on. We know the Lord partners with those who are on this path. Amen. So that brings us to another end of another chat and conversation on disciple making uh, with my friend Darren Ryder and Tim Beadle. Please join us again. May God bless you richly today. Amen. God bless. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or christfollowerdna.com. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.